Hey guys, um, hope you're all having a lovely day today. I've got a special guest um, um, who we really need to talk to. Um, her name is Sarah Carr and she's from The Hood NZ. Um, now The Hood NZ um, is a community of parents, doctors, nurses, academics, scientists, lawyers, um, all concerned and parents, you know, just like ourselves, who are all concerned um, with these medical experiments that are happening at the moment. Um, so I'll hand you over to Sarah and she will explain um, what the hood is about and who they are. So over to you, Sarah. Welcome. Thank you for talking to us. Thanks, Carmen. Hi, everybody. Um, so the hood was initially founded as um, an alternative um, source of information, actually. So before we decided to get behind the kids' case, which is what we're probably the most um, well known for now because it's basically our sole um, focus. We actually, um, I, I was actually working with Voices for Freedom um, to start with, and I was doing, um, I'm advocating for family court cases. So um, for my focus personally has always been on children. Um, I have a, a strong background in childcare and, and um, whatnot, and I'm a mum. So it was quite natural for me to, to get into this arena and to advocate. Um, I have some experience in, in legal matters, um, although I'm not a lawyer. So, um, yeah, it was basically we were having problems finding information that was not the one source of truth. And to be honest, I, I still remember the first time I ever heard that, that phrase being spoken and kind of scraping my jaw off the ground. Like I cannot believe that was actually just said on live television, because I believe it was not live the first yeah. time she said it. And, and and that it was even claimed, like just when, when did we get to a point that there was one source of truth? I mean, that is just, That's, yeah. it's fundamentally wrong on so many levels. And so that just actually really wound me up. Um, I, I am a person that likes to debate. I, I'm renowned for being devil's advocate, even if I believe in a cause, I like to look at it from every angle. And I believe that um, we shouldn't, um, we shouldn't always look at the best case scenarios and, and trust because there are risks to everything in life. And I think that we have every right to look at every angle of that and to ask questions. And I, I felt like we were asking questions um, a lot and I was doing a hell of a lot of research on a personal level. And I had the benefit of experience to be able to research and know where to go for a lot of different things and, and know who to respect and to look into the science of things. And so I guess I found it a little easier, but it was getting harder because it was getting censored and things were getting buried and you were having to use all sorts of tricks of the trade to find what you were looking for. And that didn't mean that it wasn't um, legitimate scientific evidence and research. It was just that it was being censored. And um, yeah, that's right. And it was information, it's information that should have been readily available to us. It just should have been, again, it comes down to that premise. It's the whole site is built around questions. The whole, the whole um, campaign that we've been sort of running with since, since birth of, of the hood really was, was to ask questions and, and to, to expect answers. Mm -hmm. um, they're not unreasonable questions that we're asking. They are questions to do with the safety of our children. Now, we, we actually don't just have the right, we have a responsibility to ask those questions. And our government and MedSafe have a responsibility to answer them because they work for us. 
So in a nutshell, the hood was created initially um, as a source of information. Um, it was there to debate. If, if people wanted to call us out on that information, that's fine. Um, we weren't claiming to, um, to know it all. We were just basically providing a, a hub for information to post things freely so that people could get uh, information from doctors and scientists that was um, possibly critical of what's going on because I believe that you should look at every side of the story as we stated before. So that was the initial um, um, aim and the goal. And, and I was working with um, parents of 12 to 15 year olds at the time because that was, I mean, I've been doing this for almost a year now. Um, okay. And yeah, working full time on it pretty much. Um, and it was an interesting situation with the 12 to 15 year olds because I, I obviously felt just as passionately as I do um, about this age group as well. But the legal argument got really um, difficult because the government announced that a 12 year old could um, have informed consent mm. and um, make that decision for themselves. Now, that makes it um, very difficult to, to argue in court. It gives a family court case um, an ability to argue that a child at 12 can say no, um, but equally it can mean that a child can be forced um, because if they don't understand things um, well enough or they don't have a stance because they're caught between two parents, then they can be forced to actually have a procedure that they don't necessarily know enough about. Um, so we tried to make the information on the, on the website digestible. How we came about um, the case for the five to 11 year olds was while that was happening, I was starting to look at legal um, representation because uh, anybody that didn't believe that that was coming for younger children was exceptionally naive as far as I was concerned. Yeah. So I knew that um, somebody was gonna need to do it. I didn't put my hand up initially. Uh, I didn't want to be fronting this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's a massive, massive responsibility and what, one that literally keeps me up at night. Um, I'm tired. Um, and, and not to say that it's, you know, I don't hold that responsibility alone, but I, I certainly started it um, feeling quite alone um, before, before I was lucky enough to have the team that I have. Um, and that was a very, very scary thing to, to step out and take on. But it, it was too big for a lot of the other organizations to do really in, in a nutshell. Uh, I don't want to speak out of turn here, but that's sort of the, that if you want to generalize, that's kind of the state of the play. I mean, this is a full-time job, this case for a lot of people. So Absolutely. there's just so much involved and so much factual information as well that you need to research and, and ensure that you are obtaining, you know, and researching factual information as well, which is, um, you know, all part of it. Um, but a lot, a lot of that has been missing for all of us. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, and that's, and, and, and like I say, we know we need answers. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so it's, yeah, it is incredible what you guys, what you guys are doing and the amount of hours that you guys are putting into this is just astronomical. Um, amazing. I think the thing with this case is that the rollout for the five to 11 year olds was, was hard and fast. Um, and I believe intentionally um, positioned over Christmas and the holidays because it, um, it made it very, very difficult for our team. Um, obviously the majority of lawyers go on holiday, um, firms right. shut down, 
Um, so does the government. So we had a lot of OIAs in process to which we were told uh, we'll be closed. So you guys need to wait. So a lot of our OIAs, OIAs weren't actually ready when we first filed. So we didn't have some of the answers. I mean, this whole thing is, um, I spoke to Isaac from Earthbeat and, and he laughed because I said it's a truth-seeking mission or a transparency-seeking mission. And I guess to sound a bit cheesy, it, that's what it is. I mean, we just yeah. keep seeking answers. And um, boy, did we have had the runaround, you know, and it, it took legal action to get to a point in which we could force them. Um, we, we did write letters. We read, wrote letters to the Children's Commissioner and all sorts of things appealing to them. Um, you know, this is the safety. This is the concern that we've got. These are the alarm bells that, you know, are ringing for everybody. Can you please consider, you know, rethinking this? Please don't do this. You know, take some more time. There's no emergency here. Kids are at zero risk. There was a lot of appealing that went on before we jumped into litigation. Um, what, what kind of response did you, if any, did you get from that? Like, I don't, I don't recall seeing any. any I mean, our OIAs pretty much were really, really vague and just a bunch of um, links to different parts of the websites, which of course we'd already looked at. Yeah, so exactly. exactly, you've been there, there. Like around and around and around in circles, and. Um, yeah, or we just didn't get answers that were sufficient. Like, yeah, we knew about this, but it's okay. Like, well, yeah. no, that's, that's, that's not okay. Um, you are making a decision um, on behalf of, of our population and our children and encouraging parents to do something um, with the assurance that something's safe and effective. And um, we are not children. And yeah. we don't appreciate being treated like children and parented, basically. Um, I mean, I don't think any parent um, appreciates being told how to raise their children or what to decide for their children. Um, and so I think, especially when you start talking about medicine and experimental medicine, um, something that, you know, I mean, we get wrapped on the knuckles for saying it's experimental. Um, no, it's not. It's literally still in an experimental phase. Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. Uh, are... The evidence is piling up. Um, well, you know, the evidence is coming to light from these trials that, you know, these blind trials that we're in, that we've, we've found ourselves in with um, no informed consent. Um, and, you know, like information is coming to light you know about you know the adverse reactions and things like that you know all of which is information we should have been informed about prior to the injection rollout and um i i really don't like calling it a vaccine um we had I, a debate about that at, on our webinar actually and i got schooled um because i was sort of you know because for the most part, I, I'm trying to talk to everyday people. Um, I'm trying to speak to people who do believe it is a vaccine. Um, and so um, I, I tend to sort of reference it in, in familiar terms for them, even though personally, I don't believe it is. Um, and, you know, basically I've got a bunch of people in, in the comments and also my, uh, my legal case manager and, and co-director basically saying, uh, well, no, we shouldn't really come to that. And I'm going, yeah, you're right. So I've been really trying hard now to sort of <laughs> undo the habitual kind of 
reaction to say vaccine because I, I don't agree that it is a vaccine. It is yeah. it is an experimental um, medicine. But we decided that a very um, um, non-polarizing um, term is product. Product. Okay. Yep. It's a medical product. And uh, I mean, you can you can call it all sorts of things in terms of, you know, but it starts getting a little bit more derogatory to people who have decided to use that product. That's right. Um, and so I, I think I think Katie's reference to it being a, um, a, a product and she's our legal case manager, she's amazing. Um, and she's doing the heavy lifting of the legal. Um, I would say probably, I'm gonna throw a number out there, but I'd say 90% of, of the whole case is, is is Katie really in terms of putting it all together, um, reading, writing, and whatnot, not to, to diminish the weight of our legal team because we have an incredible legal team. Oh, you do. I, I, I looked that up. You guys have got some amazing people behind you um, with representation. So, I mean, that's great. And um, just on that, it's great to finally have some legal representation, you know, people who are willing to stand up and ask the hard questions. Um, because it's, I mean, what's happening is wrong, and we need to we need to ha have have our government um, accountable um, for what's been happening. They need to. Um, there's just been absolutely no transparency. So, you know, what you guys are doing is like a massive step forward for everybody. You know, like I mean, as adults, you know, you've got that option. You had the option to choose. Um, you know, based on the very little information we had, but like you say, for the children, you know, that, that's a whole other ball game. You know, as adults, we can make decisions for ourselves. Um, yeah, I think I think when we when we talk about our, our legal team, I mean, lawyers have uh, they have um, an obligation to fight for their client. So we are their client. Our eight families are their client. So they've got an obligation. Or any lawyer would have an obligation to fight for us. But the thing is, is that we're lucky enough to have a team who believe in it and who who are driven by it and who have discounted um, and work much, much more than what we are charged for. And, and when I say that Katie does the heavy lifting, she does it so that we can keep costs low um, yeah. and that we don't overwork the experts. Because to have a QC, we, we are asking the best. We're looking at, you know. Yeah, I see, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and people kind of, there's a lot of critique out there because I mean obviously people are going to find things wrong with with, with anything that you do um, I think understanding why you need somebody like um, David uh, Jones who's our QC is because this the experience that he holds but also the mana that he holds within the legal community yes. um, when you're fighting the government in court you need somebody who is, and, and I know that we've been references David versus Goliath for a lot. And um, I'm sure David's actually had that probably, you know, many times over his career. But the thing is, is in this case, it really is very much true. We yes. are going against a Goliath and we need a David to do it. We need to have that presence we need to not be pushed around by, and, and I'm not saying that this judge, because we now know who the judge is. It was always theoretically talking. Okay. Um, but um, we know that, you know, the judge may have, you know, it has a strength and has a presence and also so does the Crown um, representation. And so we need to have equal weight there. And so that's why we've got David and we've got Tom 
And then we've also got Gaze Burt um, as our instructing solicitors who are also incredible with an amazing reputation. But again, they're being so supportive in terms of, um, you know, how hard they're working for how little they're actually charging and things. So, um, yeah, well, just to... And I guess for, for them as well, this isn't just, this isn't just, isn't just a normal case for them. This is like, this is New Zealand's children. This is our tamariki. This is our future. This is, you know, um, so it's huge. Um, it, it's absolutely massive. And... Um, if we can pull this off, this is, um, I mean, first of all, to attempt it is, is history making, really, um, yeah. very easily buried history, I guess. But, um, but if we pull this off, which we have every intention to give 150% um, effort to, I mean, I'd probably go higher and give it 1,000%, like everything in us to, to pull off. Um, you know, this changes things considerably from a lot of different fronts and, and globally, not just nationally. And I think the thing is, is we're a small country, so we are a good country to do this. You know, we have, um, you know, the first to have um, women vote, you know, nuclear-free New Zealand. I mean, we, we have a history of being powerful people to stand up, you know, and, and to do what's right. And I really hope in this case, this is what eventuates because... The evidence that we have, I mean, we've got nine different experts um, who are yes. of international um, caliber. They are all incredible in their fields. They're all um, publicly also brave in the fact that they actually speak out publicly, like um, Dr. Peter McCullough and Dr. Robert Malone and Dr. Gert Vandenbosch, and we've got um, uh, just huge Dr. Byron Bridal, you know, there's all sorts of things. And what's really interesting is that a lot of these people like Dr. Brian, um, Byron Bridal, sorry, I always trip over that, um, have been saying things for a long time, but as the evidence comes out and as the data starts being revealed, they're actually being proven right. What they've been saying and ridiculed for, for a long time is, is becoming more and more, um, exactly. undeniable, basically. I mean, they've, it, everything's been, brushed under a rug for a long time um but but you can't deny it anymore no you can't that's right and I can't understand why it's still been like swept under the rug why we're still not able to talk about you know talk about um this product and how it affects you know a number of people um the effectiveness of it the you know there's just the lack of safety data why was there a lack of safety data I mean you know I guess initially that the argument was there, you know, it, it, when you when you think that we've got an Ebola-like virus and everybody wants to fast track some miraculous cure-all for everybody, then you you can you can almost forgive some some skipping of some safety measures. But the thing is, is that once you start getting the first indication that there's something wrong, then yeah. you pull back. You don't keep pushing forward, and exactly. and that's how that's the bit that is, I think, blowing everybody's minds, is not only did we have all that evidence prior to children being, um, you know, rolled up for this, it was alarmingly clear. There was masses of, amount of amounts of evidence and our children had zero risk to it in the first place. And we had enough data to show that. They weren't, even with the first round, when we had Alpha going around, which was supposed to be the scariest version of all, 
that's all right. Children still were faring really well. We still weren't seeing deaths. We still were seeing children pretty much carry on as, as normal for the most part. So there was no indication. Our own government said at the beginning, you know, when everyone started trying to go back to normal life, don't worry, your kids are okay. Kids don't seem that. to be affected by this. So out of the mouths of the government that approved a product that they then encouraged um, children to give uh, or to have, and then oh, that yeah. also raises one of the other arguments of our case is that in the Care of Children's Act and, and human rights for children, it is unethical to give a child anything to protect somebody else let alone an experimental product, Product, you don't do it. Mm. You use a precautionary principle and you just don't do it. Now, for some reason, in this case, in this state of emergency, which is another argument altogether because I don't think mm. any of us believe we're in that state of emergency anymore, right. um, and nor were we when, when we actually pushed play. I mean, we actually saw evidence that the government ignored about opening borders and things prior to even that, you know, right when MedSafe would have been humming and harring about the five to 11 year olds that hadn't even been spoken about approval yet. The government was getting information that, you know, basically we should be sort of looking to return to normal and other countries were starting to. So, you know, there's been a lot of ignoring of really powerful evidence in which we seem to have as a country had dismissed. Um, and I think that's incredibly concerning um, and I think the second part is, is people start questioning, okay, so it's a bit late now, you know, the rollout's already happened, um, you know, you're kind of harping on about nothing now, you know, what can we do? Well, that's a huge um, bugbear of mine because um, boosters have now been approved for, for that age group, you know, yeah. um, and MedSafe aren't claiming um, in fact, MedSafe still, when you go in and check some, I can't remember where I found it, but it actually says that children between 5 to 11 don't appear to need to have a booster because for some reason, children's immune system responds better than um, so why would they need? So why would the booster be even, why would it be even approved? There's no requirement. Because internationally, because we seem to be very slow in New Zealand, um, Internationally, it's already been recognized how quickly and considerably this product wanes. So mm. it's got such a small window of any efficacy, arguably at all, um, that it reduces so quickly now. Um, in fact, I think, don't quote me on this, but I believe it's actually looking like it's, it's waning faster in children. Mm. And, and I... I think we'd be naive to think that it wasn't going to be coming to New Zealand. It's been approved by the FDA. Um, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. It's, just, it, it's a little bit like the World Health Organization commentary. And um, and you and I spoke about this earlier. Yes, yes. so on that, yeah. Um, well, we were, again, we seem to be a bit either too hasty or too slow. So in this situation, we were a bit hasty because we approved a, pro a product that the World Health um, Agency was still promoting on their page as having no safety data to evidence that it was necessary for under 12-year-olds. And that was still well and truly up on their website. 
we announced the rollout um, mid-December, I believe. I seem to, yeah, I can't remember the exact date, 16th December yeah. or something like that. Um, don't quote me on that date. But we then, um, I think it was the 16th or 17th of uh, January in which it was actually given the, red, uh, the green light and we started actually pushing it out. Now, we, that entire month, um, the WHO was still claiming that there was no safety data to indicate it was necessary for under 12-year-olds. Yet, our government and MedSafe approved it. Mm, that's crazy. Now, aren't we supposed to be following the WHO? Now, we're not going to get into that conversation, but we're supposed to be following yeah. um, the WHO, you know, um, information and, and whatnot. Yet, we, we seem to have ignored it. So... We put out um, a press release uh, along with our application for the judicial review that we're, we're currently um, in process of, of fighting. And um, we got very little commentary. And if it was, if it was, I think there was a couple of news um, agencies that sort of slipped it in, but it was so far down the article, you kind of almost missed it. And we kind of, but then some just left it out completely. We were like, hang on, that's actually, you have a responsibility, an ethical responsibility as journalists to address something of concerning public interest. And the fact that our government had done something that WHO didn't actually believe there was safety data to. Um, it should have been headline, front page, you know, like. But then it was. So we poked them and prodded them and sort of said, hang on, um, could you please explain to us why you haven't addressed this particular issue? And here's the reference yeah. to where it is and da 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 da. And um, I won't comment on which news agency did it, but it was over a couple, but they kind of ignored the hood and the case altogether and just um, took, the, took the angle that the New Zealand government was, was actually um, holding the WHO accountable because it was, they didn't believe it was accurate. I, I don't remember how they put if it. If I hadn't but. pulled them up on it, it would, would have just remained um, as it was. And the- well, oh, it's, answering. Yeah. And, and the way they did it, it kind of, it didn't address anything that it should have been addressing. It was just more like kind of putting it on the WHO and the WHO is like, oh yeah, New Zealand's right, you know, whoopsie. And within a week or so, they'd changed. Updated, yeah. And it was just kind of like, you know, it was very much, yep, we're talking about it. We're just sweeping it under the rug. Um, no harm, no foul. We'll just kind of keep on going and everything's cool now and everybody's on the same page. And it's kind of like, um, shouldn't, we, shouldn't we be doing better when we're rolling something out to children? Exactly. So anyway. Exactly. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, that was great, great spotting that and getting them, you know, I mean, I just can't believe it's, our government is just not taking into consideration, like, anything, none of our concerns, um, none of our questions. Um, as a parent, you know, you, as a parent, or, you know, I'm a grandmother, and, you um, you, you know, you just want to question everything that goes into your children, you know, like, is it going to be safe? Um, and they keep pushing it as safe. And then over here, you're seeing 
all of these adverse reactions that they don't want to talk about. You're seeing adverse, you know, especially in the, you know, the adults, adverse reactions, um, the deaths, you know, all of these, all of these red flags, alarms, 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 and it's still, it's pushed to the side and we're still not able to talk about it. And then they want to roll it out, you know, roll it out for our children with the same, you know, the same thing. And I mean, I, I had trouble, I had trouble, um, you know, finding, I've been searching on the Med, MedSafe um, website for the data on the, on the children. And I struggled to find, um, find actual, you know, like solid facts on, on where we are with the children um, and how, you know, I mean, they've got the numbers there, you know, the numbers and stuff, but I think they've put them in with like 18 and under. Um, they like to they like to encapsulate a large group of, yeah. um, and, and they've done that for a long time because it, it becomes very difficult to analyze the data like that. That's it right. can so, yeah, so it's really hard to it is hard to analyze it and um, to see exactly what you know what effects are happening to these kids and are they okay? Mm. And um, and and now they're rolling it out, you know, to the under five, you know, they've approved it for under five year olds, and I'm just like. What are New we Zealand, doing? I mean, we need to, I guess, be slightly careful there because New Zealand hasn't approved it yet. But, um, but yeah, okay, okay. Oh, sorry, so the Pfizer, that was the Pfizer document that I read. Um, yeah, so Pfizer, Pfizer's had the go ahead, and I believe Moderna's hot on the on the trail there too. Um, okay. And I, I think um, it, it's taken Pfizer about three passes to get. Um, to get to that. And I remember reading um, an interesting thing where the FDA was actually changing their criteria too, because they actually reduced their efficacy um, percentage to allow for approval. And um, I'm not gonna quote numbers because I won't get them accurate, but it was actually quite a considerable efficacy, um, you know, threshold in which they were supposed to meet. And obviously being three passes, there was some issue happening there. And, um, yeah, it seems a little like there's too much hand-holding going on between pharmaceutical companies and um, approval agencies. Um, but, I mean, that's not our position to start to start yeah. talking about. But, I mean, there's a lot of red flags going on, a lot of questions that need answering. And, right. you know, one of our major ones, and, and people may have been following us, they'll, they'll have definitely seen the commentary, you know, the fact that... Um, there was a very um, flippant uh, change to the the ingredients and the, and the pediatric um, version of this product, and um, that doesn't seem to have bothered um, Medsafe. And uh, I find that incredibly irresponsible um, when you change. I mean, just in a nutshell, the initial um, trials that were presented for MedSafe that they reviewed with a parent, uh, a, a reduced or a diluted um, version yeah. of the parent vaccine. And, um, and then there was a tweak made to that product um, in which a, buff, a new buffer was added and that buffer um, contained two ingredients uh, in which was added to the pediatric version. Now, that was basically just moved in to be the product to be used. Now, the argument that we have is, um, hang about, 
when you change ingredients in something, particularly when you're going to give it to children, particularly when it's a new um, drug and particularly when you've never used it before, you need to start your trials again. Exactly. You need to give us more um, evidence that when you, quote, safe and um, effective, you down welcome back it up. And um, to date, um, we don't seem to have a sufficient answer for that other than it's okay, it's just a stabilizer, it's just a buffer. And that's what they've been pushing the whole time. And it's, it, it drives me insane that they keep pushing, pushing it as safe and effective, safe and effective, you know, and it, you, it's just in our faces on the TV all the time, safe and effective, you know, like, um, you know, you see the vaccine vans rolling past and, you know, it's all got safe and effective. And then... Um, then you've got countries like, you know, like Sweden, Norway, Denmark have chosen not to release this vaccine for children. Uh, Denmark apparently has now. Um, so okay. Sweden and Norway, I believe, still have that stance, but Denmark um, has jumped on board. The, oh, have they? Okay. Yeah. Oh. So um, I haven't been keeping um, tabs on the other countries so much because we have been, um, you know, head down and, yeah. and dealing with, with the evidence that we have here. I mean... But, yeah, there are countries out there that have chosen not to do it. And not only that, there's, there's countries out there now that are no longer pushing it. Like, it's available, but it's not advertised. It's not campaigned for. It's not really promoted because it's not seen as particularly necessary. It's there, but it's not seen as necessary. Whereas here we've still got encouragement and open media push. And I think the thing that there's two media campaigns that pop straight into my mind that actually breach legal um, legal grounds that, that, that they shouldn't be used. They should not be allowed to make these claims. It's two. Um, the first one, sorry, is um, they keep claiming, and the WHO do this internationally, but um, I've actually heard it on the radio and I've also um, read it places in New Zealand as well, and they claim... Oh, actually, Katie said it was in one of the published materials, and I remember now vaguely, can't remember which one, but they claim that this, and I'm going to use the word because that's what they do, um, mm -hmm. this vaccine has been through the same safety, um, research and safety trials that every other vaccine has, and that you can rely on it to be safe and effective. Wow. That is actually a bold-faced lie. And I don't That's use that word lie. lie. Yeah, um, I don't use that word lightly. And I certainly wouldn't be saying it in an open forum without, you know, believing it to be an actual lie. Like, yeah, I, right. I, I use the word fraudulent very, very hesitantly. But to me, <laughs> that's what classifies to be as a fraudulent statement. Um, when we literally know that we are still in the experimental phase. We're still in the trial. So it's a blind yeah. trial and it's like on millions of people. I can, and I also can't believe that they keep saying like the vaccine, the vaccine is the best protection against. It's like, stop using the word vaccine. Stop using the word against because neither of them apply. On the radio, I actually heard them say they literally said that vaccine immunity was, and I won't quote the exact phrase, but they basically indicated that the vaccine immunity was superior to natural immunity. Now, wow. we have experts stating the absolute opposite, and they are immunologists. 
Um, you know, I mean, our experts are epidemiologists, immunologists, we've got statisticians, we've got, we've got vaccine makers, you know, we've got one of the makers of the um, RNA technology who says it's a very risky technology and that's why it hasn't been rolled out earlier because there were significant risks and so the use of it needed to be weighed up, you know, against the risk versus benefit. And that's the final argument that we actually have is that the risk versus benefit for, for this age group and for older, for young, healthy um, adults as well, but we're talking this age group, um, is, is the risk is zero. So therefore it can only, sorry, yeah, the risk to COVID is zero. So the risk to the vaccine then can pretty much only be risk because what benefit is there to something that doesn't actually have any problem? Exactly. Um, I mean... It just blows my mind that we are actually in this situation. And um, I'm no, I mean, I'm no expert whatsoever. However, I mean, I, you know, with my own health condition, I had to research. And then with, when the vaccine appeared, um, I mean, I was terrified of COVID initially. You know, I was terrified because of what the media had portrayed this, you know, scary virus to be. I was absolutely terrified. Um, but then once the vaccine it was talk of a vaccine, I researched that myself and immediately alarm bells were ringing, you know, immediately for me personally. Um, and that's why I chose not to have it due to my condition. But, but I, had to, I had to dig deep for that information, you know, dig really deep for that information, whereas that information should have been alongside, you know, the, the, the vaccine itself. And it should have been alongside like, hey, here's the, you know, Here's what the, what's in this. Um, this is possibly the possible side effects. You can make the you know make an informed choice. Um, it was just none of that whatsoever. And and with the children, you know, there's even I think there's even less. You know, it's just less safety data. Like I mean, it was very limited in, with the adults. And um, so the adult stuff was done with guesstimates and um, modelling because you didn't necessarily have, uh, particularly right at the beginning, you didn't have the time to have, have that data readily available. Yeah. But once you started, uh, I mean, if you look at Israel popping things in um, really, really aggressively, you started mm -hmm. to get data pretty quickly. Um, and there were, there were patterns evolving and there were indications. Um, and so, I mean, I don't like to talk about the adult vaccine too much or the adult product because it's, it's not what we're arguing and I don't yeah. claim to be um, an expert in it. Um, I, I know my personal feelings and I think that everybody has the right to informed um, consent and the right to choose. And um, we get critiqued for that because people um, come in and there was a lot of swearing on, my, uh, on the Facebook page at one point um, because not from our side, um, but because we, we got accused of being pro-choice when we were trying to remove a product from people's rights to choose. Um, there will never be a removal of the product because it exists. So anyone can go out there and get an off-label um, as long as it's agreed upon and your doctor believes it's safe for you or yeah. your child, you can have access to most different treatments out there. Now, then there was an accusation or a rebuttal that, well, then it's untested and untrialed. And so you wanting us to take an experimental treatment, to which I pretty much openly laughed 
not that anyone could hear me because I'm going, yeah, you're in a trial. Like you, you are literally still doing that. Um, but the thing is, is that the, the approval in other countries and the data is still going to be there. It's just that the necessity isn't there to roll it out for everybody. So therefore, you really ought to, if you really feel strongly about it and you've researched and you believe it's the thing for you, then you go out and you apply to have it mm. rather than um, having this media-fueled um, necessity for it. Um, and also, you know, we saw our... Um, teenagers, our 12 to 15 year olds mandated out of things um, oh, which was absolutely God. horrific and, and you, you heard things, I went to an evening recently, a fundraising evening and, and um, Steve Oliver's wife was speaking about um, you know, suicidal children and, and parents thanking them for being open throughout um, different levels and traffic lights and whatever when they shouldn't have been you know and the thing is is that parents were thanking them because this was a place that these children that hadn't actually um had this product could still go socially mm -hmm. even yeah. though they were breaking the rules to do it um they they had a sanctuary to go to they had an activity that they could still actually participate in now, we tend to sort of think that we had a decent amount of impact on the fact that that didn't happen for the 5 to 11-year-olds because pretty much immediately, well, it was immediately, I think it was the day that it was actually announced, Yeah, we're, we, we were forwarded um, notices from a couple of different sports um, groups and they were saying that come June, um, every child would need to have a, a VAX passport to attend that organization. Now, that was extremely alarming. It was predictable, but it was alarming. And yeah. that followed up very quickly with a, a, a rebuttal of, hang on, none of that's been announced right now. And we are actually filing a judicial review and people, yeah. parents reference this. You, you're rushing into something unethically, basically. Like you don't have... Yeah, exactly. starting to, to do that. So that that was reversed, um, I think, pretty much within 24 hours or so. I don't quote me on the time frame, but it was pretty quick. I remember that because it was yeah. pretty much like, what? And then, oh, OK. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I also think that, you know, the, the caution in which they have um, pressured and, and whatnot. And I also think that there's a, probably a fair amount of parents who have second guessed doing this. Um, because if something has that much concern that it is going to the high court, maybe it's worth just waiting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, we have been very much, um, I won't say stonewalled, but ignored by mm. the mainstream media. And, um, and they get all our press releases and our updates and whatnot. And um, they just won't. They're not, they're not engaging. I'm sure they're watching, but um, I'm very confident they're watching, but they're not saying anything. It's real. I struggle, I struggle with that because mainstream media have got, you know, like all these talented, you know, reporters. And I just think, do you not question it yourself, like personally? You know what I mean? You know, like, I mean, 
as soon as I seen red flags, I was like, okay, what, what's going on here? You know, what is going on here? And, you know, you dig deep, you find out what you need to know. I mean, it's all there. You listen to Dr. Robert Malone, um, you know, and, and just, you know, him alone, you know, just listening to him alone, there's no way I would have, like, given it to, to my child, like, you know, just on, on what he was saying. Um, and I, I just can't understand why this information isn't was not readily available to these parents so they could you know, be well-researched, well-informed. There's so. some pretty huge, like, truth bombs that come with our case. Um, and, you know, they're, they're not they're not small ones. They're, they're truth bombs. Like, I mean, when you look at the fact that our own um, reporting system, uh, you know, CALM, is at a 5,000% increase in reports. Oh, I haven't looked at it but, recently. Yeah, but we've got a statistician. We've got a few people kind of working on and 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 exceptionally like they do this for governments um, and they're doing this for us um, and they are commenting and doing you know working with actual data like things you yeah. cannot fudge and you know 5,000% here in New Zealand increase and the thing is is that we know that MedSafe themselves have said that it's a passive reporting system and that it probably only encapsulates five to ten percent of what is actually happening yeah so I, I, I am not the mathematician here, but if 5,000 yeah. people reporting um, adverse, you know, events, and that's, that's, it's not Linda Wharton at New Zealand Health Forum who, whose numbers are completely different to that. This is our legitimate, you know, government-run reporting system. Um, yeah, it's alarming to think what the actual numbers are. And yeah. You know, drugs have been pulled for a handful of deaths. Oh, exactly. You know, exactly. a handful, and yet we're well, still this one getting pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed, and it's like I can't believe it. Like you say, you know, other trials have been have been pulled for far less. You know, like, and so I can't believe it's still it's still being rolled out. Um, so on on your on the court case coming up. Um, so you're going to the Wellington High Court on the 27th and 28th of June. Is yes, that literally 10 days from now. Yeah, yeah. Provided yeah. we have the funds. Yes, yes. So, so you are fun. You um, yep. The hood is um, raising the money. Um, now you mentioned that you need around two hundred and fifty thousand. Um, well, not anymore. Now, thanks to everybody out there, um, we're sitting. Um, sort of just over the $90,000 mark left, um, which is just an epic um, feat, really. Um, it kind of blows all of us away because, you know, other organisations have had some some gutsy big donors come in and, and we've not had that. We've had a couple of really generous people, but to, to no um, comparison to a lot of the other organizations. Um, I guess people are still feeling a little bit sort of um, cautious about the legal system. And I think that we need to sort of remind people that regardless of the outcome, obviously we're going for the, the ultimate um, stop, but regardless of the outcome, this becomes public record. You can't deny what is fact what has gone through a court and what's been acknowledged as truth. At the moment, these questions are not even being acknowledged. They're being brushed off. 
Yeah. So the information that we actually present the prod, um, the government is going to be available for people, for people in family court. You know, it, it's going to be there when people question you and you go, well, go to the hood and actually check out the reports that have actually been used in court. And it'd be very interesting to see the justification for not stopping this roll rollout because what I've read from the Crown um, evidence um, and what I've, you know, I, I'm, I'm not convinced at all. And I guess the best case scenario for us is not, wasn't actually winning. It was actually reading reports and, and a defence from the government that actually made us go, cool, we're just going to throw in the towel. You're sweet. You've got us. We can rely on you. It's actually cool. We were wrong. Awesome. Go ahead, rock on everybody. You know, like let's let's wash our hands of this. And well, you can see we're still going ahead. In fact, we're we're going ahead hard. So there is every reason to use this court system to 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 continue. And you know, I, I get a lot of comments from people going, "Well, it's not going to work." You know, too many people are asleep, or people don't want to know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The thing is, is that we are at a point in which the tide does seem to be turning. Even the mainstream media are picking up tidbits of truth. Uh -huh. and, and the reason is, is because there's people like us, all of us, who are getting behind people like our organisation or other organisations doing big things. You know, you've got NZDSOS, you've got NZTSOS, you've got so many different cases where people are really risking it all to fight. And it doesn't necessarily mean that each one of these fights wins, but each time one of these fights goes ahead, people start waking up. Yeah, more and more people are aware, um, more information is getting out um, because at the moment the media is only letting out, you know, they're letting out this much, but by, by you guys going to court, like more is coming out, um, more exposure um, and by exposure I mean you know like lies you know like we're going to you know you guys yeah just the lies we've been told the coercion it's just like it's yeah it's crazy what's been happening um you know with the media push on to us to get these injections and um yeah and I mean the evidence is there that our, our kids actually don't need them they don't need them um there's factual evidence there to state that they don't need them and they need to listen to us. Um, so, um, I think if we didn't do this, I think the biggest thing that um, would would really terrify me if we didn't do this would be that as adults, if we decide not to do something, we choose to wear the consequences of that. You know, like um, you know, I experienced a story of somebody that I know, the fourteen-year-old who went off and got this product herself um, because the teacher was getting children to raise their hands every day to see who had gone off and done their responsible duty and it got to the point where there was only two or three hands still remaining down but oh my god imagine like the anxiety that would have caused for that 14 year old to be one of the very few who didn't get it done and oh my god yeah, she did get it done in the end her parents didn't want her to, and I know of a lot, and I mean a lot, of children between 12 and 15 who took themselves off to go and get this done because they were excluded from social situations. 
Yeah. You know, you've got, you know, children who've been doing a sport or a, or a dance activity or, a, you know, an instrument or, or something that is so integral to them as a person or getting their license, their first, you know, oh, their yeah. the license. Oh my gosh, I couldn't believe that. That is not something that is comparable almost really. I mean, an adult, you know, I have friends who lost their careers that they'd been in all their lives and have gone through huge identity crises and things like that. They're adults. They get to process that. They know how to, to deal with that. Can you remember how dramatic you were when you were a teenager and how everything was just like, oh, my God, I just can't. But we didn't, we didn't have the, the government bearing down on us. We didn't have social media. You know, we didn't have that that pressure get this injection otherwise you you won't be able to go to the movies or you won't be able to get your car license you know it's just it was worse than that though it was you can't come to the birthday party you can't yeah. play with my child you can't you know see you spend christmas with your family you can't like it was going right down to a really really personal level as well and right. i think the thing is is that we have to defend our children if oh. we didn't stand up and make this stand right now, I don't believe we would be in the same position we are now. And I do believe that this case means something to write, you know, put a line in the stand and say, we're not going to sit by and let you do that again, mm -hmm. particularly when you're talking about children, you exactly. know, five to 11 and now even younger, you know, yeah. um, because I think there were so many adults that did this purely to travel or to yeah. retain their job or whatever. And so those are adults giving in, you know, and, and I understand, I do not judge that. I totally understand when you've got to put food on the table or something as passion of yours. Yep. And a lot of people were in that position. They were in that position and they just did it. They had to. Um, exactly. But we shouldn't ever be putting our children in that and teaching children that, that it's okay to be put in that position and that you should be, muscle, you know, strong, strong armed into something and manipulated into something. Because the thing is, is I haven't heard one teenager say that they got that product for their health and their okay. safety not one and i have spoken to many and watched a lot yeah. and none of them ever said it was because they were scared for their safety they did it for a reason that was social yeah and it was to do with inclusion and something and that is just abhorrent to me yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's just crazy. It's just like you say. It's just unnecessary. It's just yeah. It's just wrong. It is wrong. Um. So, so with the court case, what what are you expecting um to happen there? I in, in what sense? Um, I couldn't. I couldn't even the claim to. Outcome, sorry, the ultimate outcome will be obviously obviously to stop them. Um, the ultimate outcome is is to stop the rollout. I mean, yeah, everything else. Outcome. Everything else is, is icing on the cake, obviously. Um, I don't think there is a worst case scenario. I think the worst case scenario is to not um, get the money to go ahead um, because I think the statement that the case makes, um, everything about that in, in, the, um, in the fight is, is beneficial. Um, yeah. I, I don't believe, even with media coverage, that there are going to be chunky, great, revolutions that the, the that MedSafe and the government had fantastic evidence to push this out because honestly <laughs> I have yeah. not seen it so um I mean I I can't I can't speak to their evidence and and whatnot um but 
we are in a political environment. Um, we, there are no guarantees. Um, we're not going to claim that there is, but it's still worth every cent of that to yeah. go ahead to make the statements that we will and to have those reports. You know, like I, I know that prior to, to going live on this interview, you, you kind of wanted me to go into costs and because $250,000 sounds like a lot of money. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of key points that I want to sort of raise there because the majority of us within our organization are doing this for free. Um, and it is actually impossible to talk about how much work is actually going into it, um, an incredible okay. amount. Um, and I've already talked about the, the legal side of it um, with how the lawyers are, are cutting costs and whatnot. But, you know, we have incredible support from, from experts internationally, and they've all taken a hit. You know, every single person that is working on this case or any, any person that speaks out publicly um, that goes against the, the narrative takes a huge personal risk and often um, a, a, a hit to their income, particularly if they are um, a professional who relies on, on you know, doctors. And I, I actually, I read that um, Dr. Peter McCullough's license is, is under um, the gunning, gunning him for his oh, Okay. So, you know, uh, I don't know much about that. That was just something that I quickly read. So the, my factual knowledge on that is, is non-existent. I just read it and went, well, that doesn't surprise me. Um, you know, and most of the, most of the doctors um, and, and medical professionals and scientists and whatnot who have spoken out have, have had a huge hit to their livelihoods. And so we would never ask any of them to discount their rates. We wouldn't ask them to do this for free because it, that's just completely unfair. Oh, yeah, and it's yeah. disrespectful to their disrespectful to their um, their qualifications, their expertise, you know, their experience, etc. But we are so lucky that they actually have volunteered to do so. Oh, and that's what I think too. I think you know, yeah, it, that's awesome that you've got an awesome team who are prepared to stand up and. Um, Get behind you, support you, represent you, and um, but we needed, like you said, we needed a team. We needed a team like that to be able to do it. You know, like you, you know, you said about David Jones. I think um, if we looked at our costs, if we were looking at a non, and I'm throwing just a, a very kind of huge guess here, but if you looked at what the actual costs of everything that we're doing, um, you would be looking at well close to three quarters of a million dollars mm. and that's actually what the australian case is, is costing oh really so we're okay. looking at three times what we are actually yeah. paying and then that's not taking into consideration the fact that i do near on everything else other than the legal and the numbers you know um and you know other people have done everything pro i mean we've had people film um you know doing our film editing and things like that pro bono you know we have right. you know we've had all sorts of we've managed to help you know musicians and get pro bono work done for, for them and you know be able to support other people with their legal cases like the family court cases and so we certainly have been very um giving with what we're doing as well um so with every bit that we learn and every every cost that is incurred there's, there's a lot of gifting back. Um, yeah, definitely. Others, um, yeah, well, we, we're we, doing that for a shoestring, honestly. Yeah. No. Oh, 
I, you know, yeah. And so we, this case is so important. Um, I can see how important it is. And I'm sure, you know, our team on NZ United, I mean, they'll all see how important it is as well. So, if, you know, with us at NZ United, we can just, we can get push the media, get the media, um, the social media side of things happening and just give it a massive push so you can get some more funds raised. Um, if, we, if we put it in a tangible um, kind of way of looking at it, right at the get-go, you know, um, we were sort of saying, like, say, if you look at two, $200,000, you know, you get 2,000 people to donate 100 bucks. Yeah. Now, that's, that's too much for some people, and we're not asking everybody to do it, but that's just, just to put it into sort of an easy-to-quantitate kind of achievable yes. um, way. And it's like... Well, you've already got, you say you've got 4,000 people there. You know, we're only going for 90,000 now, you know, 90,000, whatever the latest number is. And, you know, that that's, I can't do the math. I, that's why, yeah, my, no, but that's why my, my business partner is, is a, um, <laughs> an accountant because this is not my arena. But, um, but you know, whatever that is between 4,000 people, it's, it's going to be minute, really, and completely achievable. Um, if yeah. everybody just, um, if everybody yeah. does that. It's an important, sorry, it's an important, you know, it's such an important case. And um, so we, you know, we want to support you 100% and get behind you. We want to, um, um, we'll be posting your updates as you go along, um, post those, you know, as they come through from you. Um, and also, you know, with, with the support on the days, like, you know, if anyone wants to, um, if anyone's in Wellington or wants to head down to Wellington, they can support you at the Wellington High Court on the 27th and the 28th of June. Um, I, think, I think that the um, the public gallery will likely be open. Um, yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. I've never been to High Court before. So um, no, neither. <laughs> I, believe, I believe that, um, you know, obviously it's going to have limited capacity. We, yeah. we anticipate, hopefully, they'd give us the big courtroom. I'm, I'm literally just going off what the, the lawyers are telling me. Um, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but, um, but there is the ability, hopefully, there should be some sort of form of live stream because we are going to apply for that. We, okay. can't, make, we can't make guarantees, but we are going to apply for that. That would be fantastic if we could because, yeah, that would be great. Um, to I'm going to take down, you know, I, I don't think we need a, a circus outside. We need we need people sort of, you know, supporting us. I've got signs that just ask questions, you know, that'll yeah. be down there. Um, and people are more than welcome to pick one up and stand there and, you know, and just show the media that that there's, there is public support. I know that our lawyers are not huge fans of, um, like I said, a circus, um, yeah. and particularly being a heated um, conversation and being about children, it can really raise people's emotions. Um, but one of the key things that we, we try to promote um, with the hood is to be really accepting of people's decisions. There's a lot of responsibility being a parent and you know we all just try to do the best we can with the information that we've got yeah. and we don't know what we don't know you know and and so many people out there have just been raised or or have been able to just trust the narrative out there before and it's very scary not to and it's also something you don't want to look at if you've made the decision to give your children a product that you now kind of go oh, oh about and so you want us to keep your head back in the sand and I think we need to be very sensitive to that that's right and, and not 
yeah. and not be judgmental with our words and not be careless with our words to be respectful um, with them. That's um, right. There might be quite a few people um, who... Just, just put yourself in the position of, you know, there are so many people out there. You just look at the, the re um, reactions um, and, and whatnot and how how awful you're going to feel if, if that was a choice that you made on behalf of your child I can't even get my head around that that sense of just I, I don't believe in regret but if you're going to regret anything that's going to be something and that's going to be painful to confront yeah oh 100 percent, 100 percent. and I often think about that you know I often think about especially like especially ones who have had you know their kids have suffered adverse reactions and I just think oh my god those poor parents um, and my heart really does go out for them because they made the decision in the best interest of their child were thinking they, they were. And yeah. um, There will be people who, when, when they deal with us, and it's already happened on our page, you know, who their response to, um, to being challenged or to going into that place of fear become angry and they become abusive and they become nasty. I guess it's just up to us to, to rise above that and understand where that that emotion's coming from and not to meet them on it because that would be my worst case scenario is to have um aggression or anger outside of the court yeah, it's no, not what we're there for so um you know come along definitely come along very much and in, in the peace and love that and the peace um, and love and supportive yeah system. i mean we're there for children we're not there yeah, exactly. For, exactly 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 um, so um, and there may be children there. I know last time we went down, there were children there. And that was beautiful to see because it's like they're being, they're a part. I'm not encouraging people to take children. I'm just saying it was, it was lovely to see because it is their future and they're being part of history, yeah. you know. Um, so I, don't think, I don't think it's a fun day for kids, to be honest, unless they're going no. on. To no. stuff, but um, it's going to be pretty, I don't think the case is going to be exciting, to be honest, um, to come and watch because yeah. um it'll be long and yeah. some of it will be relatively tedious because it's a yeah. lot of when you break it down into lovely little tidbits it's quite exciting but when you've got to argue the full argument of a whole lot of numbers and break it all down and, yeah 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 reading these hundreds and hundreds of pages and we literally have over 5,000 pages of expert evidence and that's not even including the replies that are happening as we speak right now. Um, so you can just imagine how long yeah. it would take you to read that. It's not going to take as long as that, but it's going to still be relatively slow to explain it. And yeah, exactly. so yeah. don't be expecting Hollywood. The experts aren't there. It's a judicial review. So um, there isn't any on the stand stuff it's an argument between the crown and um and the applicants um legal teams all the information that you've it's, it's presenting it to the judge the judge getting their head around it their judge asking questions to clarify and and to really weigh up the two arguments and the evidence okay. that's been presented and it's all on paper so okay. don't come down thinking you're going to See, yeah, we're going to, yeah, okay. It's not, it's not going to be. I mean, we're going to be there. Um, I'm going to be fascinated because I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to this sort of stuff. But yeah, it's not going to be a fun thing to take, you know. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if you've had a, you know, like a small gathering, that's fine. I'm nice and peaceful. But 
also social media we can get behind you on the social media platforms 100 yeah. percent. Um, i know a few people have been emailing i'm not encouraging it or or dissuading it really i'm just sort of saying there have been a few people out there emailing um media agencies you know yeah. um i know that i've reached out you know put a bit of media push just to um get them to take notice you know take notice that this is a really really important court case and they should actually um you know pop down and take a look and um take I some think, interest i think um, just knowing that the amount of concerned parents out there that it's not just a few crackpots no you know no. it's actually a lot of people um, and I guess that's where our, um, our social media reach is so frustrating because you know that there are so many people concerned about this and so many people who would be involved in watching and donating and supporting, but we get shadow banned and we get censored. So that's why it's really great to be on um, forums like yours because if you've got four, over 4,000 people who can then share, um, yes. donating is important, but sharing, like you mentioned, is really yeah. important too because with every share, you know, hopefully there's more shares. Because I, I do notice on our um, social media too that a lot of people still aren't sharing, um, mm -hmm. whether that's because they don't want to put it on their pages because it's too controversial. I, I get that and it's hard. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that too. Like, I mean you know like through this whole ordeal I've you know like I've been posting so much on my page and then I just get so much crap from my family for it you know like so much some have deleted me some of you know um but I'm still doing it because it's important you know what I mean like they might be scrolling through scrolling through and then there'll be something that will just trigger them to like stop and read it and um, that might be that one that one sentence that will stand out to them and they'll go hmm yeah maybe I do need to look into this a little bit further so so we keep yeah. doing it you know what I mean well most of our content well just about all of our content really I mean sometimes I, I make a little joke here and there but like most of our content is factual stuff that yeah. people um you know that they can write it off if they want to and say well here's a you know quackpot doctor and he doesn't know what he's talking well whatever that's your opinion cool sweet as but yeah. it's still it's still medical professionals so it's a lot harder for people to give you a hard time over those posts and yeah. that little bit of bravery I mean I I I took a long time to come out and I'm going to own that I, I um I was really, for personal reasons, it's, it's been really, really hard for me to come out. I don't want to be on social media. I don't want my no, name recognisable. My name is incredibly unique. There's not another one out there. So I'm really putting myself online, on, on the line. Um, and oh, we, appreciate, we appreciate you doing that um, 100%, you know, because without you doing what you do, you know, a lot of us wouldn't even know that this court case was happening, you know. So... Um, and I know there's a lot of parents out there who, who will be so grateful for you guys doing this, you know, because some of them, they've still got their kids pulled out of school and they're, albeit they're in like really cool little little town homeschools now, which is, you know, which is great in itself. So a lot of, some good has come out of this as well. But, um, 
but ideally they want to be at school with all their mates and stuff like that without the worry of you know like coercion and things like that i don't think all parents are built for homeschooling either because no, <laughs> no. it is i think that when we've all been forced to do it through lockdown periods and and being in auckland we got a hell of a lot more than the rest of the country um, yeah i mean homeschooling was a confronting period and and my child um, is a very social creature. So, you know, I, I, I love the ideal there, but I also, um, I mean, it's a debate, you know, there's pros and cons about everything, but you know, there, there's been great things that have come out of it, um, these things as well. But, and I think to be honest, communities um, and community support and um, people actually, although there is a huge, <clears throat> a huge gap in critical thinking, um it's like it's actually kicked those that were capable of it into gear and it's actually kind of it, it has created a surge in the people that were kind of just sitting quietly you know humming and hiring and it's kind of put a fire every, under a lot of people that wasn't there yeah. and I feel like that's that's a good thing you know um it's a good thing I mean I'm not comfortable doing I'm not comfortable speaking on camera um I'm not comfortable doing this at all. I'd much rather be playing with my grandson and, and playing with my dogs and cats and stuff. But this is important. Like, the, this is so important. Yeah. Um, and it needs to be out there publicly. You know, it needs to, more awareness needs to be created. We need to just share, share, share. Um, we need to get it out there. We need to get the donations coming in so that we can, so, sorry, big dog, so that we can, um, you know, get this government to, to listen to us and get some transparency out there and, and basically stop this rollout because it's not required, like it's just not needed. So if we can help in any way just by us as a group of just a community of 4,000 people, um, then then we'll get behind you 100%, um, yeah, Thanks. definitely. I think there's, there's one last thing is sometimes when you have been quiet and you've been hidden, you don't actually realise how many people think the same um, oh, in, your yeah. own, in your own little community. Um, I've had um, some really cool experiences since I started speaking out of people that I had seen for years coming in going, oh my God, is that like the Sarah for Sarah? I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure it's like, you know, that's. There's yeah. no other therapy. Um, but, um, you know, and I've, you know, like, oh, my God, you know, I got mandated out of my job. And I'm like, what? Oh, okay. You know, or people from overseas. Like, I've got friends in New York who support what I'm doing and, you know, and watch the webinars and, you know, in Australia and all sorts of places around the world that I didn't know actually felt the same way and that were, you know, uh, it's, it's, I don't know if I like the term waking up, but it, it is an apt term, I guess. Um, I think that they are becoming more aware of the fact that we have been a little bit um, remiss and kind of just giving away our, our trust willy-nilly um, and not critically thinking for ourselves yeah. and checking things for a while. And there are so many more people than I realized in my own network of, of people um, because you don't discuss these things you no, they're no. not conversations that you have because you're always so kind of cautious about stepping on toes and rocking the boat and 
and kind of what what negative reaction you might get and sometimes that reaction's not negative it's actually quite amazing and now I, I guess I've, I've stopped I've stopped caring you know I think we've suffered enough now that um, it's time yeah. to just kind of go well you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna own my truth and I'm, I'm gonna speak out about it yeah and um if people think that this is it and that we're kind of coming to the end, I'm sorry, but I don't believe that's the case. Um, I don't believe so either. And I really think that we need to make a stand now um, because if we miss this opportunity, we're already seeing a lot of our freedoms go and then return only a little. Yeah. Um, and so incrementally as that continues, it's like we don't notice started mm, over right. here we're still we're still over here and we're never getting back over here again and and we just have to keep pushing back otherwise it's going to be such a huge um gap from you know now and and what was that we're never going to get our freedoms back to the same extent yeah. and we have the right to them you know we yeah have no, right. we've got to keep speaking up keep standing up and keep fighting and um it's, it's just what we have to do. Well, we have to do it. We've got no choice, really. Um, we have to. I mean, none of us wanted to find ourselves in this position, like you say. But here we are, and and let's do it, and let's just keep doing it and just keep, yeah. Um, we have to. It's for our kids, you know. We just have to. Yep, we do. So donate today, everybody, please. Get please, please donate. Yeah. Um, we will put the link up. Um and loads of information about the Hood New Zealand, Hood NZ and what they're about. So we will put the link up. So please donate, even if just a little, a little I bit. I don't take an income, everybody. I don't get anything from this. Um, yeah, she's doing it for free. We keep getting called grifters and um, it just, I really don't like that word because one of the things in my life that I most dislike is injustice and dishonesty and, um, I'm trying not to let it bother me because I know we're going to get a lot more of it. The bigger we get, which obviously to gain the funds and the exposure we want, the bigger we need to get. Exactly. Um, the more of that we're going to get. Um, and so I'm learning to let it go. But um, it is one of the accusations that really does kind of kick oh, me to the yeah. core. Um, and it's why I keep saying be nice, be nice to others and, and, and expect others to be nice to us in return because it, it's not nice. I didn't get up here to be some sort of um, social media influencer or any kind of celebrity. Yeah. It's not something that I think one I no. consider myself as, but I didn't do it for any of that reason. I, I would rather sit in the corner and usually do if I'm at a party. So um <laughs> yeah yeah be kind no. be nice and respectful um yeah exactly and then we can expect the same but okay. we're not grifters i promise you no you're not 100 percent, you're not um i just keep referring people to the court gate um court case oh and um if you want to if you want to know who our judges we can say now um just okay. justice gwyn is going to be um justice gwyn? okay yeah, i've only done a brief google so okay. um, yeah, um, so they can jump on and Google Google yeah, them. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, it seems like an interesting yeah. character. Yeah, do keep us up to date, and right. we'll keep following following you right up to the court case and right throughout, and um, catch up and see how everything's going. Yeah. Um, Sometimes we'll you do have to look at our stuff. 
because yep. um, it doesn't always come up on your feed. Again, for the same censorship stuff, I get people going, yeah. you, haven't, you haven't put an update on your, you know, amount today. I'm like, yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, sometimes you do have to, you have to go on and actually look at well, it. We'll share it. We'll share it through our um, NZ United page um, and get... We've got Facebook, Instagram, and Telegram, so we're on all of those, depending on what people prefer. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. Okay, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Um, it's been really awesome, and we wish you best of luck with the court case and just know that you have millions of us behind you for support. Um, yeah, and, um, yeah, we have to win. We do. We do. And um, New Zealand can make a statement to the rest of the world too. Yeah. And put pressure on the rest of the world too. Um, yeah, exactly. We actually have a lot of power in our little country. We sure do. Let's um, let's make it happen. Let's flip the switch and turn the power on. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Okay. Nice talking to you. you All right. See, See ya. Bye.